0: Thank you for joining us today for NACSW's Podcast of the Month Featured Selection. We hope you found today's session useful and that it will support your efforts to thoughtfully integrate Christian faith and social work practice. We also hope that you will consider participating in additional NACSW's activities and events, including NACSW's upcoming convention in the fall, our quarterly audio conference workshops that we offer at no cost to NACSW members, and which includes free CEUs accredited by the Association of Social Work Boards, our online continuing education program, and access to dozens of archived podcasts from the member section of our website. Also, we invite you to join NACSW's Facebook group or our Facebook fan page. For additional information about these and other NACSW benefits and services, you can go to our website at www.nacsw.org. Thanks again for listening in today to our podcast session today. Yay!
1: Woo! Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Hi, right, we're going to talk about joy in social work. And so as we go through this presentation, you'll get a sense of how I got onto that topic and what I found. I'm going to actually talk a little bit about research, but I'm going to talk as much, if not more, about the implications of this work for education, field education, professional social workers, just in general. Dr. Jones knows that I make very strange uh, sound effects and other other such things. And he has really, like, egged me on. And he said, well, how many of you saw the trailer for this brown bag? Not everybody. Okay. Well, there is a trailer for this, and it's really goofy. But he said, I needed to do something kind of funny to, like, really get this going. It's supposed to be about joy. So, alright, here goes. Here's one of my many, many, many many strange things that I can do. <clears throat> now, over here is a, uh, this is a helium container, and so Okay. Got a nice helium balloon here. Alright, you gotta turn this thing and get okay, the end, you know, where you can suck the helium in. Anybody ever done that? You know, it's kind of cool. You get lightheaded when you do it, but <laughs> Said there may be some professions where a man or woman can be of use who does not draw a joy from work, but certainly social work is not such a profession. Obs- observing from the outside, seeing what social workers are doing, we were just, you know, say 25 years in at that point as a profession, or even less, depending on how you measure it. He's saying, you all should be finding joy. So here we are. Oh, I forgot. Have this. Yeah. The joy of technology and punching methods. I'm like used to like being in a classroom where I don't always use one of these. What are we doing these days in workforce research? Well, we're looking at people's practices impaired. You know, people that are depressed, distressed, abusing substances, um, experiencing compassion fatigue, and burnout. There's some beginning work starting around 2007, 2008, starts looking at compassion satisfaction, and some Canadian social workers in particular have done a really big study on subjective well being. And, you know, it's. It's a proxy for happiness, so it's not necessarily joy, but it's about how these social workers feel happy. But we didn't feel like that was enough. What if we focused on what gives life to our work, and what can we learn from social workers who find great joy in their work? So, we wanted to know do some social workers find joy in their work? And if so, how? And at the time that we started asking these questions it was at the University of South Carolina, and uh, working with a couple of great folks, and I am going to give a little credit where credit is due. A fellow named Terry Wolfer was the one who, after reading uh, David Cooprider's working, and i to see that in just a second, but just got really intrigued, because people were asking questions in business, like when things are at their best, you know, when people are at their best, when the organizations function really well, you know, what's going on? Business leaders, do they find joy in their work? Surely they make lots of money and do all that. Surely they find joy. And he was like, Well, what about social workers? What about us? So we were inspired by these uh, four perspectives and ideas, appreciative inquiry, narrative therapy positive psychology, of course, and social with the strength perspective. But we really were kind of bringing these all together and, and it led us to ask these questions about joy, rather than about problems. Because if we ask about how many people are depressed, we can find that out. And now people are depressed. More social workers are depressed than other professions. There's David the right He's up at Case Western Reserve University up in Ohio in the business school there. And he is the one who started uh, probably back 1980 as a doctoral student looking at appreciative inquiry. Because the business model before that was let's find out where the problems are and then just deal with them. But that's not the best way of dealing with problems just to identify and try to solve. Is appreciation inquiry provides elements of appreciation, including recognition, value, and gratitude with inquiry, which includes exploration and discovery. Positive imagery evokes positive emotions and positive emotions move people toward a choice for positive actions. Another perspective is positive psychology, and there you have Martin Seligman, who is the founder, if you will, of positive psychology. So, so let's just, social work isn't the only one who thinks positive, okay? It's okay, you know, we have a strengths perspective, but there's other people doing work, and they've been doing it for longer than social work has, okay? But what is positive psychology? It's concerned with individual organizational community and societal experiences of well-being, contentment, satisfaction, flow, happiness, hope, and optimism. And it focuses on what makes life worth living, how individuals make meaning and purpose out of their lives, and how institutions, including the workplace, can foster positivity among their members. Now, we know about the strengths perspective, and instead of going into a lot about narrative therapy, it's just that we can restory our lives, We can mark our lives and our stories with problems and deficits, or we can mark our stories by experiences of joy and of good. Okay? But let's go into the methods. So we asked students in practice classes at the University of South Carolina, that was our first group of people, we just said, listen, you've have field instructors. Can you tell us the names and some contact information of some field instructors that seem to find great joy in their work? So they did. And we contacted them, and we said, would you agree to be interviewed? And our interviews took anywhere from 45 minutes up to an hour and a half. As we went on, we also... Uh, interviewed some people in Asheville, North Carolina, and then when I got here to Waco in 2009 here at Baylor University, I continued to interview a few more people. So we ended up with a total of 26 folks. We transcribed the interviews, and we used a collaborative grounded theory uh, process for analyzing. And what we did early on to ensure that we had continuity is after they were transcribed, we coded, and that was all three of us on this project coded and gave you know, kind of pulled out themes and extracted ideas and gave them names and definitions, which you're going to see some of those in a few minutes. But once we had done about the first ten together and come up with most of the major codes, then we went on for the remaining interviews and coded them individually. Because we had, if you will, some internal consistency and reliability, iterator reliability, if you kind of want to use some research terms, a little bit different than that. Um, but it's more like intercoder reliability. But you need some of that uh, to have a high level of rigor for the research. We did have a few additional codes that were developed toward the end. So what we did is we went back all the way to the beginning and then re—not recoded, but added any of these additional ones. You know, if you know there was a spot to add them. So at the very end, we developed a few more. how do we do this? We ask a series of questions to people. We have an energy protocol or an energy guide. And here's some of the questions. Tell me about a recent time you found great joy in your work. As you reflect back on your experience, in what do you find most joy? Where do you find joy? With whom do you find joy? Like, we're trying to get at this process. What's going on? How has it changed since you first started your career? And then we how did you find it? How did you learn to find it? And how would you tell a new social worker how to find joy? And what could you do to experience more joy? So those are the kinds of things that we ask. Here's what we found. We found four dimensions of how people describe finding joy. And these were making a difference, top left, making meaning, and then making connections. Here, And then we ended up with this other category of making a life. Because our questions were really about how do you find joy as a social worker? How do you find joy at work? How do you tell someone else to find joy? But they started telling us about how they live their lives outside of work. That was not what we expected. Because we weren't asking that. How do you live your life outside of work that helps you find more joy at work? We didn't ask that, so we weren't expecting, but we got lots of questions, I mean, lots of responses around this making a life. So let's start with making connections. And what you see here are some code names, okay, connecting with clients, being present, being heard, finding like minded people, and the numbers that you see out to the side here are how many times they were used. So making that connection with the client seems to be the primary, at least the most frequent way that social workers told us about uh, finding joy is this connection, the relationship. So what is this? It's deep. Here's how we define it. deep, authentic engagement with the client. And here's a quote: "There's a deep feeling of connectedness to someone that I knew that." I knew that our connectedness had really helped her through that time. So somehow just being really engaged and deeply connected with somebody, that in and of itself seemed to be the factor that helped that person get through the difficulty. But any day I'm connected with the client makes it a good day. So this one person is basically saying, when I have that connection going, I'm engaged, I'm embedded with you know, that person in the present moment, that's a good day being present. Just accompanying somebody in distress. You know what's also interesting? None of these are about outcomes per se. This is just about being in the present moment. So so, as a social worker, sometimes it gives me an opportunity to be there with the parents who might be in distress. I can't fix, this is a hospital social work setting, I can't fix any of the medical circumstances of the day, but I can be there for the families. When they're having a bad day or they're celebrating the fact that the baby took this first bottle. So it's, I'm just there. I, as a social worker, I don't treat, you know, specifically the medical issues, but I'm there. And that's making, it, it matters. And I know that being present with them is a source of joy. Even when I worked for hospice, there was joy in someone allowing me to come into their home and help them experience the challenge of allowing their loved one to die with dignity. It's a very sad, tough situation, but there was still joy. How awesome is it for a family to take home someone and allow them to do that? The privilege of being able to walk alongside someone in major distress, and even when they're dying. These social workers really talked about the privilege of being invited into somebody's world, even when it's really hard, even when somebody's dying. That, that's what they're identifying as a source of joy. So let's talk now about making a difference. Now let me just make some clarifying uh, comments here. We talk about making connections. That's what we do in social work education. We talk about how you build rapport with people, how you connect with clients, how you uh, build and facilitate a therapeutic relationship. Of course that makes sense. But what we haven't really done is you know, talk to people about how that in and of itself can be joyful. And of course we also talk about making a difference, don't we? We talk about we want to know that what we do does matter. That we're not just spinning our wheels or spending time with someone and nothing is happening in that relationship or for that community, or for that person. Of all, the codes we had, making a difference was the most frequently cited one. 63 times in 26 interviews. Witnessing a client change, receiving gratitude, that can be a work from a client just you know, what you've done. Seeing the fruits of your labor and then facilitating change. So witnessing change and facilitating change are similar but also different. Here's some more codes. Facilitating belonging. Relieving distress. Receiving appreciation. Facilitating supervisee growth. For those of you who are managers or responsible for others, Just being able to help them grow, working with supervisees was a source of joy. Facilitating larger system change and influencing programmatic change. So we had some macro folks saying, you know, when I'm standing back, helping move some of these levers in an organization and how we do things or how we provide services, that is joyful. So it's not just making a difference on an individual one-on-one level, it tends to be a larger level. So here's a definition of making a difference. It's a positive effect in a client's life. I don't get joy from saying these fancy words and doing these fancy things. I get joy when somebody is changed or when somebody is grateful. So it's not about the process in and of itself. Although that can certainly be the case. But it's when someone's changed. There's days when I'm frustrated and I want to pull my hair out, but at the same time, there's still this passion and joy in the fact that I'm involved here. And at some level or another, it's making a difference in people's lives. Contributing to a client's growth and change. Where he was when I first met him and where he is now, it's just been almost a complete turnaround. And I'd like to think maybe I had a little bit to do with that. But I would say I find a lot of joy from that child. You know, I love that. It's not like I had everything to do with it. I had a little something to do with that. And that's joyful. Seeing the fruits of your labor is observing long-term results. Things bring me joy when I can see things come to conclusion. Because a lot of times with social work, you don't see things. You, don't see, you think, see things started, but you don't see things finished. It's just a joyful experience. Some of you who have practiced for a while, I'm sure there's been a situation where you did not realize the impact that you made. But someone came back, or you saw someone, you got some feedback, and you did make a difference. And I was like, ah, that's it. That's what that code is talking about. Receiving gratitude and acknowledgement and appreciation by clients. This is a great story um, from one of the interviews. I'm so happy to see him. I forgot it was a social worker professional. and It was a situation where there was like a child in kind of a foster care group home type thing and social worker worked with him for a couple years, but his life still seemed to be quite a mess. And he was like 21 or 22 doing some vocational training in college and this is what happened. So she forgets she's a social worker. So he, Oh my God, he's like my child, you know, this immediate connection. I hugged him tight, and he says, hey, and I said, hey. He said his name, and he started crying, and he said, everything you've ever done for me, I've never forgotten. Isn't that amazing? I love that. Innovating at work. So we found that people were able to make a difference when they were free to innovate and not totally constrained by their environment. And I would cut this quote. Find something that excites and that you're passionate about and do it. Don't let yourself be put in a box. Even if you take a job because there's a job description and a check with it, there's something about that that can elicit a passion. In most cases, you can go beyond the job description. It's like, innovate. Do what you need to do. Don't just be constrained. Then, making meaning. Now this is something that we do not talk about much at all in social work education, or in field instruction, or in the classroom. This is not something that tends to show up, but showed up as a huge dimension (coughs) in this research. And one of the things is finding fit in work. Isn't that interesting? These folks said, you know, kind of my purpose and meaning is I found where I fit. I found where I need to be. I found what I like to be doing. So doing what you're good at. Doing for others. Loving or liking what you do. Finding meaning in work and then finding purpose.
0: Thank you for listening today to this 20-minute sample of NACSW's Podcast of the Month Featured Selection. Just a reminder that you can access the full-length version of this and all NACSW podcasts at no cost by simply becoming a member of NACSW or by ordering a copy of this podcast at a reasonable cost on NACSW's online bookstore. We also hope that you will consider participating in additional NACSW activities and events, including NACSW's upcoming convention in the fall our quarterly audio conference workshops, which provide CEUs accredited by the Association of Social Work Boards, and our online continuing education program. Also, we invite you to join NACSW's Facebook group or our Facebook fan page. For additional information about these and other NACSW benefits and services, you can go to our website at www.nacsw.org. Thanks again for listening in to our podcast session today.